0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: what is up welcome to the option pitch my name is rick Riggin, and on the show tonight here we go it's the best case scenario in the world for for baseball game seven cubs indians tonight it couldn't be scripted any better between these two historic teams and also uh, on the show tonight we'll do michigan football uh i have a special guest uh Dying, chomping at the bit to do this, and I'm actually excited for it too. I mean, I'm a Notre Dame fan, but yeah, this Michigan football segment is going to be fun. Also, the college football playoffs, so that's going to be the show tonight. Stay tuned and uh, let's get this thing going. Yeah. listeners right now definitely call us 773-897-6327 you can reach the show on twitter at option pitch or myself at riggan underscore rick uh downloads and streams are available on itunes tune in and also on podcast Addict. so several different ways to reach out to the show like i said the phone number 773-897-6327 join the convo right now i will introduce my guest two of them tonight uh One guy you already know, he's an option pitch veteran, basically. Uh, If you look back into the annals of history in the whole past month and a half that this show has been in existence, I have actually been on this show two more times than he has. Kenny Galloway, what's up? How you doing, buddy?
0: Thanks for having me on again.
1: Oh, definitely, man. Every week, come on on. Just call up. Don't even have me invite you on. Just call in.
0: (laughs) There you go. Sounds good to me.
1: And... I have the exact the exact opposite of Kenny. I have the uh my show first timer, Terry Beard. I'm like really happy to talk to Terry Beard tonight. I see Terry Beard like maybe once a month, but now he's on my show. Can't could be more excited, it's Michigan football time. Terry, what's going on? Not a lot,
2: hey, man. Happy to be here.
1: So you're here. We'll just kick this thing off Michigan football. Uh my question is, you're the Michigan football aficionado. If Michigan has one question mark, what would that, that question mark be?
2: You know, I, I often ponder that because we haven't had the toughest schedule thus far. It gets a little tougher coming up. I really thought going into last week, we had one of the most elite defenses in college football. But I really wasn't expecting Michigan State to come out and really punch him in the mouth like that. That first drive. Michigan State really opened my eyes and they kind of just pushed them around a little bit for the entire first half and then kind of again toward the end of the game so I, other than Peppers and, and maybe Jordan Lewis I'm a little worried about the defense being able to stand up against the bigger teams that are coming up on the schedule uh, shouldn't have much trouble with Maryland this week although now that I said that probably be sketchy <laughs> But still yeah, I don't think you have to worry Irish about
1: Irish. Maryland too much. <laughs> hey, I actually still agree with you travel. about the defense. I, I think defensively they're like, they're one of the best teams in the country. You know, you go against teams like Michigan state and they'll experience the same thing later, you know, the last game of the season against Ohio state. Uh, those teams have athletes. They're, they're going to make their plays. They're very well coached. They're going to cause fits for good teams like Michigan. Um my thing with Michigan is, my question mark with them is Wilton Spate. I know he hasn't done anything to put them in jeopardy in losing games. I think he's only thrown two, inter- two interceptions all season long. Correct? But to me, uh, he, he looks just very – for a, a college quarterback, he looks very average for, uh, you know, from what Michigan is, is right now, with Harbaugh, how he coaches quarterbacks. To me, he it's almost lackluster in a way. He puts a lot on, uh, you know, Javille Peppers – Plays like 14 positions. Uh, Jake Butts going the best tight end in, in the country, I, I, I think. Uh, even though everybody makes fun of the last name and the position, if you say it together, it is kind of funny. Kenny, uh, question marks for Michigan?
0: The only question mark I would be is if they can get by Ohio State, how good will it tend to compete against an Alabama in the, in, in the college football finals? Will they have the team to compete with somebody like that at the end? Yeah, I believe they have the athletes. It's just a question mark if they can step up and do it or not.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I think they have the athletes in the starting elevens on both sides of the ball. My question mark is, other than running back, do you have depth? And they've got like eight running backs that carry that's, the ball on a good on the point.
1: That's it a very takes good point because
2: you years for an elite college program to develop the depth like Alabama has.
1: Right, that's, I was that's where I was
2: going.
1: Alabama's just been legendary basically now since Saban's been there because of their depth. But I actually think Michigan matches up with Alabama really well. Uh, it's just we haven't seen Michigan really play against, like you guys are talking about, some of these top-tier teams just yet. But that's coming. You know, they did get pushed around by Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State has some athletes. Nebraska's really good. That was a close win. That was a good win, uh, even though it was a home win. I don't know how that game would have gone, though. That's what I worry about if that game was at Camp Randall. In, or no, did I say Nebraska? I meant Wisconsin. At Camp Randall. Yeah, I Yeah. okay. <laughs> Instead of the big house, you know, Michigan Stadium. But, uh, yeah, I think it's all going to come down to, uh, for them and Ohio State, basically, is their matchup later in the year. And I actually have a plan for a show and uh if Chris Caps is listening, Terry, I don't know if I talked to you about this. but I did mention this to him and I got him halfway on board, is to bring you and him on together during the week of that game and just feed you guys fight words, because I think that'd be great radio.
2: I would love to do it, but I'll actually be on a cruise. I won't be Well that ain't gonna work. I'll
1: just fight him on the I'll just fight him on the radio then. That's fine. Can he be with me? <laughs> yeah, I'm good.
2: Well, you say you talk about that Wisconsin game and I know playing at the big house is a tremendous, tremendous advantage for Michigan. But looking at common opponents, Penn State beat Ohio State. Michigan beat Penn State forty eight to ten. But again, granted it was at the big house.
0: That Penn State went Ohio Ohio State. It's still shocking to me. Two weeks later and it's still I still, it's just
1: unreal. Yeah, me too. The the thing yep. with that, you you could say, yeah, that game was uh there in a, a at Penn State, you know, it was the whiteout. But really, I mean, the, you know, they passed out all the white T shirts, and that's what turned the tide in that game. I mean, come on, I, I don't know. Hey, here's Ohio State's problem that I see because I have watched them play a couple times. It, it's not so much they lost Zeke Elliott. You can blame some things on losing Elliott and Joey Bosa to the NFL. Uh, they really lack a vertical passing game, and if you can't go deep downfield or hit some plays on the outside in the passing game, then teams aren't really all that worried about it. They start loading the box up to stop the run, too. I mean, they still do have a good running game at JT Barrett, and the other running back's really good, but they lack a vertical passing game. And I think Michigan in that game is – they already – I think Jim Harbaugh's already playing to that now. He's looking down the road to this game, and he's going to attack that. He's going to load the box up with his athletes. And I think they're going to cause Ohio State fits. And the more I'm thinking about it, I've been picking Ohio State all season long to win that game, but now I'm talking about it with you guys. Man, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I see some problems with Ohio State that I don't see with Michigan right now.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, I don't think this is our typical last three- or four-year Urban Meyer Buckeye team. In the past, you could rattle off four or five names on both sides of the ball. Other than Barrett, I'd be, uh, be hard-pressed to name another Buckeye or two on that roster.
0: Ohio State seems—they seem to me—I mean—they they are an elite team, but it just seems like they take plays off, so they look very ordinary in some, in some of their uh, the aspects of the game, and that, that's different from what Ohio State teams in the past.
2: Yeah, it doesn't seem like they have that quick quick strike ability on offense either that they've had.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know they they look really lackluster against a, a little bit better than an average defense, you know, like Penn State and. I mean, that game at Wisconsin was phenomenal, and that was really – I thought they were going to lose that game too, and that would have been shocking to me because what they did to Oklahoma a week or two before is went into Oklahoma and destroyed Oklahoma. And I always wish Oklahoma-Wisconsin is kind of the the same – not the same type of team, but the same caliber. And what they did to Oklahoma Wisconsin, and it wasn't that way, they went to Wisconsin. I just want to see a team
0: come out and punch Alabama in the mouth and see how they can respond. It really hasn't happened this year. Maybe LSU is the team to do it to see how they can overcome and, and push on. But I just want somebody to come out there and actually play against Alabama and, and just play it up to their ability.
1: Hey, the Cajun cookie it? monster, Ed Orgeron, has got LSU turned around and playing really good. And I think that game this weekend is going to be a lot closer than what everybody's thinking. I don't know what the spread is that game right now. I mean, I, I'd imagine everybody's thinking – Bama's going to win by at least a couple scores, but I, I don't know, man. I, I, I see them. I see LSU playing a lot better right now. It's going to be a close game. It would have been a month
0: ago.
2: I heard today that either the last three times that that Bama's played at Death Valley are at uh, at LSU, that it's either gone to overtime or been down to the final possession. I don't know that this that will be is that close. correct. I bet it's fairly close going down the stretch. I don't know that it will be a final possession or an overtime game, but LSU would be ready to play.
1: And LSU's LSU is not even the big problem for Alabama right now because Auburn all of a sudden is looking really great. <laughs> you know, they turned things around this year. They're at 6-2. and two. They're playing, like, They're really Auburn. well.
0: They're an offensive monster lately, and they came out of nowhere. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I think they were preseason top 10, and then they just fell out for the first couple of two, three games. And now they just came on like gangbusters. I mean, they're, they're, they're really coming on strong now.
1: So let's run down the, uh, the top four here, the college football playoff and the first two out. You know, of course, Alabama's one. Clemson is two. Michigan is three. And, Terry, uh, I actually disagree with that. I think Michigan should be, should be two. But I think what the committee is looking at is kind of what you was talking about earlier, how the difficulty of schedule. And Clemson has nice wins against the LSU – not LSU, Louisville – and Florida State, and they even went into Auburn first game of the year and beat Auburn. Those are all real nice wins. That's what's kind of missing from Michigan's resume. Uh, I'm cool at the top four. I think you could flip-flop Clemson and Michigan because the eye test for Michigan just looks a lot better than Clemson. And then the shocker at number four is Texas A&M, where I felt Washington should be at. They're still 8-0 in the Pac-12, but once again, they don't have the resume that Texas A&M has – even though A&M has one loss, but that one loss being to Alabama. I'm cool with the top four. I think A&M is deserving, but uh, I feel like Washington could be in there too. So uh, what do you guys think? Terry, To we'll start with you.
0: Uh,
2: correct me if I'm wrong, but Washington's signature win at this point is over a UCLA team that's become a dumpster fire recently. Is that correct?
1: That's right. You know, they, they've also beaten Stanford. They destroyed Stanford. I don't know what you want to make of Stanford right now. I mean – but, uh, yeah, they, they lack that big time signature win.
2: I think from what I've read, they have the toughest schedule remaining of any of the first four other than Michigan. So, I think if Washington wins out, they'll get in. I think if Michigan wins out, they'll obviously jump Clemson with the games they have remaining. Yeah,
0: they yeah. give yeah. – they give they did take their ahead, sort of a bye they got to them sort of a bye against Alabama. Just They almost, like, counted that as, as a loss to begin with cause since they've already had the one loss and they're in the top four, oh. he said despite that game, their schedule and their team is good enough to be up there. But I, I don't know. They No team like uh, West, or, uh, Washington
1: it just seems okay, like they bro. should be up there right now. And then you go to your first two outs, Washington five and Ohio State is six. Uh the only way that I see for right now for Ohio State to get in is to actually win out, and that means beating Michigan at the end of the year. Uh, Louisville a seven. I, I, really looking down the road now. I mean, they did beat Florida State, but that doesn't look that impressive anymore. I don't see a scenario now where Louisville gets in. Uh, no, they Louisville
2: could beat Houston. Houston.
1: Yeah, because they do have that game of Houston later on. You're exactly right. Uh, I don't see. A, I think. Louisville is done as far as the uh, playoff is concerned, unless some of these uh, top teams here start losing one or two games. Uh, but I don't see a scenario where Louisville gets in at this point. Uh, but A&M, Kenny, I mean, you might have just talked about it. I, I, I <laughs> kind of spaced out on you. A&M at four, what do you think? Hey.
0: they. They. I think they just did a pass from losing to Alabama because Alabama just so it seemed like there's so much better – and everybody else, they just look at the other part of that schedule. And I, that's the only reason I think Texas A&M was up there is because they actually did play Alabama. And the first part of the game, they did okay. And then it just seemed like Alabama just turned it on. And Texas a and I don't think, has enough athletes to compete against a team in the top four right
1: now. Yeah, that's the yeah thing, they could have like easily lost to Tennessee the- also.
2: Those elite yeah, programs up. just have the depth to go for four quarters, and it's hard to keep up with that, like Alabama does.
1: I think
0: Alabama could keep up for twelve quarters a game if they needed to. That, that team is just—it's just stacked on both ends so much.
1: Right, yeah, it's that death we're talking about. They can just bring in a, a fresh eleven guys and just never, never, you know, lose, lose a beat. So. I actually agree with the top four at this point. Of course, it's going to change because two years ago at this time, when the first set of rankings came out, Ohio state was ranked 16th and they ended up winning the national championship that, that year. So a lot's going to change. Even next week, this could change. I mean, you just don't know, but, uh, I don't even have the schedules in front of me right now for, for next week. I'm just terrible host right now, but, uh,
0: I believe Clemson's a little iffy, too, because they've had a few games and they could have lost easily. But I think they've gotten lucky on two or three games, and they could have easily been out of the top four already.
1: Looking down the schedule here to see what else. If anybody can make the jump. you got Wisconsin at eight, Auburn at nine, Nebraska at ten. What about Penn State at 12? What if they end up winning out and winning the Big Ten championship? Does it, do they have a shot at making this top four for being a Big Ten champion?
0: Uh, I don't know, man. They, I think they would uh, have to have another. They'd have to have another signature win or two. I'm not sure exactly who's on their schedule the rest of the year, but they'd have to have another signature win or in order for that to happen.
1: I know they. Well, Big Ten title getting that signature.
0: Yeah, that's true. Very true. Very true.
1: Another one that sticks out to me right now is Florida at number 11, sitting there with one loss. If they can win the East, to that. SEC championship, championship game and somehow it's really a stretch but beat Alabama in the SEC championship, that probably won't knock Alabama out but will that cause a scenario where you actually have two teams with the same conference in the top four? It's very How possible.
0: going to it. the SEC.
1: I'm already realizing what I need to do a better job on. It's just calling out somebody's name It's <laughs> of just talking and you guys going at the same time. <laughs> All right, Terry, go ahead. Take this one.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's the only scenario where you get two from the same conference in this year. If Ohio State wouldn't have lost at Penn State, I think there could have been a chance that Ohio State and Michigan both undefeated going into the game. And there could have been a scenario where the Big Ten could have gotten two, but Ohio State losing that game pretty much shot that in the foot. I don't think there's any way Penn State can get in.
1: All right, Kenny.
0: Well, Florida, to me, they have one of the speediest teams in, in the country. But I think the way Tennessee's playing now, that loss looks bad on Florida's resume now because Tennessee's nowhere near uh, as good a team as, as they were last the, – or actually the first part of the season. Um. It's just – I just don't see them being able to run the table and then, and actually even giving Bama a complete game in an SEC championship game to get in the final four.
1: I like to play devil's advocate because I kind of root for stuff like this. If Florida was to win out and actually beat Alabama, become the SEC champion, but still not get into the top four because they give Alabama a pass because they look so good but that, what is that really saying to each com- conference then that has a conference champion, that the conference champion can't make the, the playoff for being a conference champion? Uh-huh. I think that's terrible. And I, I, I kind of wish that had happened and put that kind of pressure on the committee because I'm one of the guys that wants to see an eight-team playoff instead of this uh, crappy four-team system like they have. Kenny, go ahead. And, and there's always
0: going to be controversy as long as there's just four teams in the playoff. Because every year there's uh, have at least two or three teams that – possibly could have made the top four and actually done some damage in the top four and possibly got the national championship game or even won it. But it's just it's so hard. Unless you have the eight teams like you said, it's just it just it's up for grabs.
1: Terry, four teams or eight teams?
0: Uh
2: I I don't dislike four, but I'm all about the more the merrier. I I don't know that it would matter when you get to the top two or three. But you could go as far as 16 teams, probably, because anybody, once you get outside of the top three or four, anybody can meet anybody on any given Saturday. It all depends on who shows up that day and who makes plays. But eight would be the answer to your question.
1: Yeah, EO, and, uh, I just hate the way it's set up right now because of course you have the Power Five conferences. You know that, that's five conferences and only four spots for you know a, a playoff system. That to me that makes no sense. With eight, you can have a champion from the Power Five conferences and then three at-large bids, and that will actually give teams like Central Michigan right now, who's undefeated, you know, a, a, an actual shot to make a playoff, which is what I would love to see. I would love to see somebody like Central Michigan, and as crazy as it sounds, to go up against Michigan or Clemson, or Alabama, and see what they can do, because we all saw it happen with Boise State and Oklahoma years ago. I, with the way this playoff system is right now, you will do not have games like that, and I would like to see eight teams, you know, but the Power Fives get in with their champion, and you have three at-large bids. Kenny?
0: The Boise State versus Oklahoma game is exactly why they should have eight teams in. I mean, because the little teams don't get a chance to play the big teams like that in conference play, And, and and Those teams come out and fight. They come out and scrap, and they come out and claw. And I'm not saying that they can win the national title or anything, but they can get anybody fit. That's why the more the merrier in the tournament, like they're doing, it just seems more natural to have eight than the four.
1: And i make the smooth transition here to Terry. Hey, Terry. Uh, How you doing? Tom Herman of Texas, yes or no? I think it's a done deal.
2: Uh. I don't know. I mean, I can't, I don't really have an opinion. I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, what, who's going to get the LSU job? Is Orgeron going to keep it or what's going on there?
1: Well, if he doesn't get that job, he should definitely go into the interim head coach hall of fame because it did this exact same thing at, at USC when Lane Kiffin was fired on the tarmac a, a few years ago. So, uh, Orgeron's a really good coach. If, he turned, if he wins out and they beat Alabama this year, I don't see how they don't give that job to him. But uh, I was bringing all this up. Of. I was bringing all this up. We just talked about Central Michigan. And uh, another hot name that nobody's talking about is P.J. Fleck, Central Michigan's head coach. And I'm seeing that that Purdue job open right now. Uh, do you see a scenario where P.J. Fleck thinks Purdue is a big upgrade for Central Michigan right now and takes off for Purdue? Kenny,
0: produce produce a bigger name school, but I just think he I think he stays where he's at because he's got the, I think he's got better athletes now that he actually would get it produced. Um, produce program is not going anywhere right now. I'm not sure if he can get the recruits out to do to help that program in the up direction. But right now, I mean, I think I think he stays at Central Michigan.
1: All right, we'll wrap up the college football there. I know Terry, you have to go here in a few minutes. Uh, predictions tonight world series game 7 uh
2: i think it's going to be a great game it, it depends on when andrew miller makes his appearance uh if it's after the 6th or 7th inning i think the the tribe will be in good shape but uh it's game 7 anything can happen
1: i'll say i mean the i i, I think game 7 of a world series in baseball is the craziest thing in all sports. It's probably one of the best things because it, it's wild. You have this p- potential you got, tonight. You know, at the Kyle Hendricks pitches, you're going to see John Lester. You're going to see uh, Lackey come in. You might see Chapman. You know, all these, all their starters that they were saving all series long going tonight. And that's why I think game seven is uh, probably one of the best things in sports.
0: And Arietta said he just pitched yesterday, but he said he's available for 20 pitches tonight, too, if need be. It's going to be awesome.
1: So, Kenny, your prediction?
0: Six-three Cubs. I think they get to the Kluber earlier than then coast the rest of the game.
1: And no prediction from Terry. I guess you're a Cardinals fan. You refuse to say the Cubs. Is that right? I,
2: I say anybody but the Cubs.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, – Seeing Corey Kluber for the third time, seeing any pitcher f- for the third time in any seven-game series benefits the team that is actually seeing that guy for the third time. I think that benefits the Cubs. Uh, they've seen everything that Kluber has had to offer. I don't think we'll see tonight how he's doing in game one just straight up stunting on dudes and, and freezing batters you know, without swings. I think the Cubs are just going to come out swinging, hit or miss. Uh, they're not going to be frozen. It's game seven. Everything's on the line. And I think it's going to be low scoring, but I do think the Cubs are going to pull it out three to two tonight. So, I'm predicting the Cubs. Kenny's predicting the Cubs. Terry's predicting anybody but the Cubs. I want to see Charlie Sheen tonight as uh, Ricky Vaughn. I don't think that's going to happen, but that'd be great. He has, I, saw he has,
0: Twitter,
2: I saw on Twitter that he said he's on his way.
1: I saw that too, but then they also came out on Twitter saying Jim Tomey's going to pitch out, uh, throw out the first pitch.
2: I don't know that he's going to throw out the first pitch, but I bet he gets some sort of airtime somehow.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, we will wrap this up right here then. Uh, Guys, thanks a lot for coming on.
0: No problem.
2: No problem, man. It was fun.
1: Oh, definitely. Next week, yeah, you guys will come back on. We'll actually – I'll be more prepared for one. We'll have some more topics. We'll squeeze out a whole hour maybe. I don't think I've done an hour-long show. Uh, since the start of this thing. everything is about a half hour, 45 minutes long, which is great because we all have short attention, attention spans. And that's probably a perfect time for a podcast, but guys, thanks for coming on. And we'll end this right here. All right.
2: Thanks. It's fun, fellas.
1: That was Terry Beard and Kenny Galloway. My guests tonight did a great job. Uh, It's fun every week. Love doing this show it's it's a playground for all sports fans to come together call in we even got to talk about sports we can just talk about uh star wars wrestling last week we did the walking dead whatever you want to talk about call on in so thank you for listening this has been the uh our helmets have wings episode for the michigan football fans out there of the option pitch uh, my name is rick Riggin. thank you for listening to the option pitch